This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by Pure Creative Apparel. From logo design to specialty clothing to branded merchandise, the team at Pure Creative Apparel can take your ideas and bring them to life. You can find out more at purecreativeapparel.com. And we thank Pure Creative Apparel for sponsoring this week's show. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 73 of the Runny Drink Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening on your commute, your long run, wherever you may be, maybe on the porch having coffee. I'm your host, Amy. Welcome to the show. If you're on the porch having coffee, I'm jealous. And I'm your co-host, Dana. I'm also jealous. As as denoted by the Instagram picture of me sipping coffee in Key West today. That is true. It was a nice um, way to reminisce about a great way to start the morning. And, mm. you know, coffee is, of course, the best way to start the morning. Of course. It's even better when you can do it on a porch overlooking the beach with Beautiful. an iguana looking right back at you. Beautiful beach and some people walking their dogs up and down the beach and playing and oh. So you're now back on island time. Well, you know, what's what's good about this episode is that we're going to talk about some training updates. We're going to talk about your progress and recovery, but we're also going to talk about the part of our trip Normally, you're sad when you leave a place and the drive home is indication that the vacation is over. Mm -hmm. But what I like about what we're going to talk about today is the drive back home from Key West can still be part of the vacation or the runcation. Well, there is a reason that people call it going to the Keys, and that's because Key West, while it is a phenomenal destination, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of Keys other than Key West. And Mm -hmm. part of the fun, if you're going to be doing a road trip, is to make that drive, once you leave mainland Florida, into part of the vacation. Yeah. Make that part of the experience, whether that's on the way down or on the way back or Or both. Both. And we're lucky we are able to do that uh, a couple Mm -hmm. of times a year when we head down that way. And for those of you who might be venturing to the southernmost point of the United States. Yes, we're talking to you. This gives you an opportunity to learn a couple of great spots that you really should check out Mm. if you're heading down that way. Yeah. (sighs) And I know that we still have a couple of spots that we're going to feature uh, one or one or two uh, quick bites left that we yeah, have. Yeah, we had so much content from this most recent trip down that since this is not a travel week for us, we're able to release a little bit of extra bonus content throughout the week. So right. all this week, you're going to be seeing items popping up in the feed. Um, the main episode tonight, and then some quick bites. Uh, 
for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So I think that uh, people will be pretty pleased yeah. with what all we've got to feature. Yes. And uh, it's not all just Key West. And that's what tonight's episode is, is going to feature because, like I said, right. not a training week this week. So mm-hmm. um, yes. we're going to talk about some, some of the stuff that you're going right. to see on the way down or back. Yes. So not a travel, but a training week. And for you, it was quite the training week. Well, I'm proud to say that despite a hectic and busy week, I got out there three times. I got my two short runs and one big, long run in this week. And that was a heck of a long run, too. Yeah. So I'm working on speed work, and I'm experimenting during the week with some intervals to try and decide what I what intervals that I want to try and run in Anchorage mm-hmm. when we go there. And then we had one big, long, last training mileage, high mileage run. Yeah, this is probably the second longest uh, mileage, I think, that I recall you doing. And if I yeah. had been able to, I would have been right there with you. But uh, you well, got up to 19 miles this week. Yes. And I learned a couple of very important lessons in those 19 miles. <laughs> oh, school is in session, everybody. What did you learn? There, there are very important lessons. First of all, get up earlier and start earlier out the door than you think you need to in the Florida heat and humidity of July. So 5 or 5.30 wasn't quite early enough for you. I started at 5. I should have started at probably 3 or 4 in the morning because by the time we got to, well, by the time you were cheering me on to finish the 19, it was what, 12? Yeah, ish. I mean, you weren't going for speed, so so you were basically doing uh, mostly walking? Yes. I I walked the entire thing. He said, Jeff Galloway who is my coach, as you know, if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, he said, it's not about the speed. It's about the endurance in the building past the distance that you're going to cover in the race that you're training for. Now, there are a lot of people that would hear you say, you ran 19 miles. You must be training for a marathon. But Mm -hmm. this is in keeping with Jeff's philosophy of going past your target mileage. Mm -hmm. Past the race distance. Past the race distance. Mm -hmm. And that pushes your your theoretical wall, that point at which you kind of hit the wall. I'm doing air quotes. You can't hear it. <laughs> uh, but you hit the wall when you're sometimes out on a run. Yeah. And, and that's usually the distance. He says that's the usually the distance of your longest run in the last three weeks. I believe so, yes. And a lot of people don't subscribe to that theory. They think that's way more mm. distance than you need to run. But I'll tell you, I've seen it when you run... 15, 16 miles. I even see the difference in you when really? you're, oh yeah, on race days when you've put in the mileage well, and you're doing that. it's good to know that you see that. Abs- oh, without a doubt. Love uh, that. You, I, I can tell in your posture by the end of the race. I can tell in your level of fatigue. So um, you're going to be way ahead of me in no, Anchorage. No, 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 no. Let's not be too hasty <laughs> because you also have to put together good training runs during the week. And I know I've missed a couple of short runs in this training cycle. 
Well, missing a couple here and there, but you got you got them in this week, and you were doing yeah. the speed work. Although I don't know that you, I don't know that you could get up early enough at this point. I mean, it's it's now about it's about to be August. Yeah, and I don't know. I think there's a point of diminishing returns in terms of the earliness. Well, it was still very humid. You just when you wake up that early and it's still dark outside, you're not combating the sun overhead at the same time as battling that humidity. Well, at that's least. true. So I guess you have to pick your pick your battles. Do you want to battle the sun or do you want to battle the mosquitoes? Right. And the other thing heat exhaustion or blood loss that I learned. The other thing that I learned on this training run is don't forget to reapply your sunscreen. Oh, yeah. After you sweat in the heat and humidity. Yeah, we went to... Oh, boy. After the race, we went to Big Storm Brewing Ooh. to celebrate their seventh anniversary yes. uh, party. They're also their launch of the Category 5 beer, which we uh, posted that video on our Facebook Live. Oh, and we did on, Instagram as on well? On Instagram. Yep. And that video may show up in the feed later this week. Oh, as they were so good to us. video... Um, quick bite that you'll be able to actually watch on your smart device if you if your podcatcher supports video yeah, apple podcast supports video i believe downcast supports video a couple of others so uh, keep an eye out for that if you Think didn't it. catch the facebook live anyway at any rate yeah or you know on youtube or on youtube too <laughs> Yeah, so the, the we walk in and the first words out of a friend of ours <laughs> mouth who's sitting there is Oh my gosh, you got sunburned. Yes, I know. It's an amateur mistake. Reapply the sunscreen, people. Learn from my mistakes. Benefit from my wisdom of past experience. I should have known better because I've been in Florida long enough to know better. Well, we now have a fully stocked uh, pantry full of aloe Mm -hmm. and solar cane. Solar cane. That's where it's at. It works. It does. There's something to be said for a topical <clears throat> anesthetic. It does. I also, those were the two things that were coming to mind as we were thinking about recording, but it's also about positive mindset and positive mantras because when you get up into that higher mileage, it is not all about what your body can do. It is about what your mind set is. Oh, I would agree with that completely. All the mental training that Jeff has in his book, and in general in life, when you see books about mindset, it's it, it is mind over matter. I think when you get into those distances, that's the harder part. Truthfully, yes, it is. I think there comes a point where the pain is just what the pain is, as far as it's the run goes, and it's then such it's a challenge. and then it's mind over matter. Mm. It's such a challenge and you just have to stay on top of that. So I've been listening to some really great audio books mm-hmm. like Meb's, Meb Kofleski's 26 Marathons. Yep. And I just started on the end of that long run, Dina Castor's book, uh, Let Your Mind Run, I believe it's called. But it's it's Dina Castor's book, and I have it. Yeah, let your mind run, and it's it's all about mindset. Well, I could probably use a little bit of that this week. I I am having a different mind over matter yes. battle. 
Um, Give us your update. I've gone on long enough. Well, you know, the update for me is that we're now just about to hit the three-week post-op mark for me coming off of arthroscopic surgery on my knee. Mm. And um, I've been... Day to day, it's been really good. I, I haven't had a ton of pain. I haven't had a ton of weakness. It really hasn't limited me too much. As you all know, I did some walking shortly after, and I've mm-hmm. been continuing on with that. So while you were out doing your 19 miles, I decided to put the shoes on, put the knee brace on, and see if I could get five in without uh, it causing me any real problem. And I was able to. I was able to walk five miles. Mm-hmm. So for three weeks out from getting my knee scoped and then basically dremeling out my uh, my uh, some arthritis in my knee too, oh. the uh, all in all, I can't complain. I just okay. you know, but mentally I, I'm upset. You know, I get upset. I have those moments where I I regret that I couldn't do the mileage, and I'm concerned about what performance is going to look like in Anchorage. And then today I had, um, or I'm sorry, last week I started physical therapy and even the therapist was like, wow, you're already walking. That's great. And you, mm. you're already, you walked three miles. Yeah. And then I went today and they said, wow, you walked five miles. That's fantastic. And I said, yeah, but I did have a bonehead moment. Um, <laughs> Yes. I did have uh, that moment where, you know, my knee was generally feeling really good. Mm. And then I kind of forgot that I had just had surgery on it recently and the bone is not healed. And I knelt down at one point trying to get something from under the bed and it basically came right down on the bad knee uh, or the healing knee with all my body weight and I was seeing stars I haven't wanted I I wanted to cry (laughs) yes Um, your reaction was very visceral oh um, and I was still feeling that a little bit today at therapy but again for being three weeks out, I really have no complaints, and they they're telling me probably not going to be able to legitimately run till about six weeks out from the operation, mm-hmm. which puts us after Anchorage. So, yeah. not only will I be there, not only will I be walking it, I will probably be one of the last people to cross the finish line. So, if you are going to be in the Anchorage area for the Anchorage Run Fest, and you want to meet up, mm. look for the slowest guy in the back of the pack. That'll probably be me. And I'll have a big shirt on that says, I'm not slow, mm. even though I'm absolutely going to be slow yeah. during that race because it's this what is, you should do. That's that's just it. And and but that's what I was going to get at was the mental training part for me is yeah. letting go of the expectations mm. that I put on myself. And allowing my body to heal and not overdo it. And that's mm. some in some ways that's harder than getting out and going and pounding out the miles. So it's so tough. It's a I'm whole, having to learn. It's a whole different mental challenge. It really is. It really is when you want and your mind wants to do something that your body should not or or cannot yet do. In my in my case, it's cannot do. So yeah. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Fortunately, that's all it was. It wasn't anything more serious than that. And I'm very thankful for the progress I've got so far. And you just have to be focusing on that forward progress. That's it. From where you are. But I, too, am still 
you know, as a result of that, I'm, I'm <laughs> like you, I'm on island time. I yeah. keep reverting back to wishing we were back down there in the Keys, oh, whether it's Key West yeah. or one of the upper Keys. And Really? Uh, so that's the training update for this week. And yeah. we are going to be heading, um, well, we're, we'll let you know where we're heading next at, uh, in a few minutes, but uh, it's time to talk about some food. Yes. Because there are delicious food options as you make your way back home from the Keys or or from Key West or down to Key West. We just happened to make these stops on our way back home. Yeah, this time. I mean, whether you're looking for burgers, seafood, Mm -hmm. uh, you name it, there are some amazing mom and pops Mm -hmm. that are all up and down the Keys. Many of them specialize in seafood however um, yes. and that only makes sense when you when you get down into the keys you leave mainland florida and you're heading mm. down there into that water the color of the water changes it and i is, think it just changes your whole mood oh it absolutely does even oh. even the state of florida paints the divider on the highway cyan blue <laughs> to kind of blend in with the water oh, and that so that good. changes immediately when you get off the mainland so good and we, being Floridians and just wanting to get into that island mindset, uh, one of the places that we have stopped uh, or that we stopped this go-around is a spot called Kiki's Sandbar. Yes. Kiki's is a waterfront two-story restaurant with this humongous outdoor area mm-hmm. right on the water in Little Torch Key. And they have a long pier leading out to the water. You can actually dock your boat and come on up, and mm-hmm. I believe that they'll even cook your fish for you. Oh, yeah. They have signs all over the place that says, you catch it, we cook it. And the, and the outdoor seating area is a white sand beach. That lower level. Yeah. Oh. It is so cool. Yes. And when we were there, we watched, and they had two, what, border collies? A couple of people that that came mm-hmm. to hang out at Kiki Sandbar. They had border collies down there. They, they were in the outdoor area on the sand. They were chasing around balls and just so adorable. It is it is the coolest place. So you can go put your toes in the sand, mm. get some pretty amazing fresh seafood, or oh. bring your own fresh seafood and they'll just cook it for you. Right. And then uh, get back on your boat and head out or hop back in the car, car. and pick a direction and go. Yeah. But we stop in there. This is not our first time going. We are No. We are revisiting or we have revisited some spots uh this week that we have gone in the past cuz they they bore uh repetition. Yes. And Kiki's was one of those places. For new offerings, too. Yes. Because we started with the fish dip. Well, there. I've talked about fish dip before. You on have. The show. You have. Um, I am very partial to this Florida staple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, while we were down in Key West, we had a version of fish dip at a uh, spot that was very fancy. It was put into a a pate mold. It was whipped to a a perfect smooth, almost like fish smoked fish mousse. Yeah, and. I could understand how somebody might want that, especially in a fancier setting. Sure. Special occasion. Special occasion, whatever the case may be. I just want, when you talk fish dip, I want the real deal. I want, I don't want fancy fish. I want smoked mullet. A lot of times. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll go, you know, just old school, 
um, you know, backwater Florida, you know, mm-hmm. give me smoked mullet, a little bit of mayonnaise, some, some lemon, and I'll go to town with some saltines. They were doing it right. They were oh, doing yeah. um, their, their smoked mullet. I think they said it was uh, Jack that they had. Really? I think so, if I remember correctly. And they were serving it with blue corn tortilla chips and plantain chips. I really liked the plantain chips. Just a hint of sweetness? Yeah, it's like it, it, it complemented the fish so well. And their fish dip, perfect consistency. Nice. Yeah. Um, not, not too much not creaminess. Too, not too much too much creaminess. Not too chunky. Mm-mm. Um, but just, just enough, so just you know right. the fish is there. And a good portion. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, that was huge for us to split as as an appetizer. I could see a table of four really being satisfied. Oh yeah, with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the blue corn tortilla chips. Those are a change from the saltines because I think when we were at. Uh, a place in Tampa. Yes. We uh, got fish dip with the saltines like you're talking well, about. Well, that's typically how they're served. I mean, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a very Florida thing. Yeah. So it was different. It was the blue corn because we've seen a lot of Cuban and Mexican type influences on this trip. Yes. Well, we, we actually sought those the restaurants out. Yeah. And uh, this was just very old school Florida, but it had that little hint, the, the Mexican tortilla chips. Perfect. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, kind of a nice change of pace. Yeah. But that wasn't the real reason. Well, no. We had ulterior motives. I mean, I have the picture favorited on my phone. We had to conduct. From, <laughs> from almost a year ago, right? Or I don't even know. Well, from last year, last yeah. calendar year anyway, when yes. we did go through, um, go back through the keys, we stopped in at Kiki's, we picked up uh, an order of what have to be some of the oh. absolute best ahi tuna nachos you will get anywhere. This is worth getting off the road oh, it is. and giving yourself an extra 30, 40 minutes to just go and enjoy. To do it. Yes. And we got those la- uh, last year mm-hmm. and they were so good. We had to get them again, but we had to do a little experiment. Because the wait staff there said, hey, the tuna can be prepared any way you want, really. You can sear it or you can have it raw mm-hmm. or, you know, somewhere in between. So the last time we had it, it was raw. raw. And this time when we started out, we, we got it seared, cooked, and it changes the dish. First of all, ahi tuna nachos are such a unique take on nachos. It's not nacho chips. No, it's, describe these. It's wontons. Fried wontons. Fried wontons. And then they are topped with that tuna and black and white sesame seed, uh, wasabi peas, and a wasabi sauce. Look, wasabi mayo. Mayo. And, and the hoisin, hoisin sauce. sauce. And they also had the ginger, the pickled ginger. Pickled ginger and seaweed. And seaweed. And that seaweed is money. And you, the way we're describing this, you're like, this doesn't sound like nachos. This sounds like like sushi. Oh, well, most. it is a nacho-esque interpretation. Of the flavors. Of sushi. Of sushi. Of, of tuna sushi. Yeah. And... 
the last time we got it, it was stellar. That oh. raw tuna, absolutely perfect. And so good. We said, you know, let's try it seared. Mm-hmm. And what were you said? It changes the dish. How did it change it, it does. for you? I feel like it changed the texture, and it definitely changed the flavor of the tuna because the tuna is just so fresh. And it, I mean, the consistency of it is it's almost like the flaked tuna that when you have a whole piece of tuna steak mm-hmm. and you get it seared and then you serve it at the table and you flake it with your fork. Right. I feel like it's that kind of consistency. Spot on. Warm, you know, it, uh, it was so much better than what you get out of a can, but it was just the different consistency and i think the heat from the searing and the cooking of the tuna actually made the chips not as crispy yeah i would say that that was accurate and uh so much so uh, as we were talking about it and we're eating it and by the way we destroyed that first plate oh yeah i'm not going to lie i mean it was it's still great it's just different it's different but we said, could it possibly be that much different? So for science. Science? We ordered a second order of the ahi tuna nachos with the tuna raw. Yes. And we at did, the same sitting. At, at the same sitting, we <laughs> did an A-B comparison of the two. And I will tell you, regardless of how you like your tuna, and there are, are going to be people who come down strongly in the camp of cook all my fish. Of course. My mother was one of those people. Mm. She didn't want to see your, your rare I know. Tuna. My mom is the same way. I, yeah. Then there are other people like like you who seem to be coming down squarely in the camp of bring me my tuna raw. For this dish especially. And we were able to A-B test them. And I will tell you, it is almost two completely different dishes. It is. In my mind. It is. Is it not what I said? It is. Well, I think it is absolutely what you said. I think that the steam coming off from the cooked tuna Mm -hmm. probably puts off a little bit of moisture, which makes the chips just not quite as crisp. Yeah. And again, it's a textural thing. I'm Mm -hmm. with you. I like the chew of raw yeah. tuna. Yeah. Especially with that wasabi and the <sighs> and the uh, the crispy uh, almost pickled flavor of the of the seaweed. Yes. So I, I'm I'm kind of right there with you on yeah. that. And uh, this is a humongous plate of food. It is oh, yeah. and we were so super so stuffed. So full. <laughs> and we regret nothing. I I don't I'm glad that we did it back to back so that we could see how the cooking of the tuna changes the dish. Changes the entire flavor of the dish. Both are excellent, Mm -hmm. but that, and that's good for you all to know because regardless of which camp you're in, that dish, you are not going to be disappointed. It's yummy. So that's what we had to eat, but there are also some pretty amazing places to grab a drink in the Keys when you're heading down to or coming back from the Keys. Well, before we go on, I'm going to take a minute to tell you all about our friends at Pure Creative Apparel. Anybody can silkscreen a shirt. Look, we know it's true. I, I did it as a project in high school, but the team at Pure Creative Apparel is really much more than that. They will take you through the entire process to create your custom items 
right from the very beginning with the design of your artwork or company logo, then create mock-ups to show you what the finished product will look like and help you select just the right high-quality name brand clothing or other merchandise on which you're going to place your artwork or your logo, and then they'll get you your items fast. Or if you're not looking to get into the whole online sales thing and you don't want to worry about inventory, packaging, shipping, and all of that, Pure Creative Apparel has a complete e-commerce package available. So whether you're a school, church, or club needing just a few shirts for a special event or a company looking for a complete branding package, Pure Creative Apparel can help. Find out how by going to purecreativeapparel.com. And we really thank them for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We went for refreshment to the Florida Keys Brewing Company in Isla Mirada. Just a little ways up the road. Yes, it was not too, too far from Kiki Sandbar, actually. Well, I think that you are remembering that a little bit uh, through the... Really? Yeah, it, it's a little ways up the road. It's, like an hour? Eh, 45 minutes? Eh. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's on the way back... She's the passenger. To the mainland. The Didn't seem like it was that long. <laughs> it's because you were, you were taking a nap. It's okay. I was not taking a nap. I was navigating. <laughs> really? Come on. So, yes, we love Florida Keys Brewing and we featured a flight back in October Mm -hmm. or no no it was January okay right and that flight was on the heels of some pretty great seasonal releases they had it was and so we sampled a lot of seasonal stuff that doesn't hang around year long year round Mm -hmm. and I thought that it warranted a return to Florida Keys Brewing because the environment is so great. Everybody should know about it. But also having a taste of some of their beer that they keep on tap regularly, plus a really great deal, was worth a revisit. Oh, absolutely. And let's start with this the space itself because yes. it's it's not a huge place. It oh. looks like it's uh looks like a t- I think a two story from the front house, it's like a two story house from the front. It's mm-hmm. uh, colorfully painted. Oh. You go right in the front door and you're bam right in the tap room. Mm-hmm. And off to the left, they've got a couple of tanks where they're actually brewing beer right there where mm-hmm. you're you're sitting. Yeah. But the tap room is so colorfully decorated they've got pendant lights that look like hops they've got Mm. this these colorful backsplashes out of tile they've done artwork on the support pillars out of bottle caps yeah those are great and the tables are all these these very beachy wood tables that are all painted they've got board games if you want to you know if you've got the kids in tow and you want to like let them play a board game or you want to play some games as a family while you have a beer they have fresh food oh yes the empanadas they have empanadas provided by a local bakery awesome and key lime pie and key lime pie Mm -hmm. Uh, and then that's just the interior right the outside is so great it's it's like a little beer garden i guess but it there's a there's a stage where they had live music when we stopped in Mm -hmm. and it was like a country but i imagine that they have all sorts of music there and a cornhole game was going on. Um, a, a mother and a son and a daughter were all playing. And on the porch that comes right off the tap room, there are rocking chairs. Yep. 
all lined up. Rocking chairs on the porch, and they got Adirondack chairs out in the yard. So you yes. Can watch the music or watch people playing cornhole. or It's great. And it's just a neat space. They've got some it's beautiful. It, it's a, like a big backyard. Yeah. It's really big. And they have a window where you can walk up behind those uh, rocking chairs. They have a window where you can go and you can grab your pint. Mm-hmm. Right off the bar. Right off the bar. Whatever you are drinking. It's a it's a phenomenal space oh. that they've got, and I would love to see it late at night when they've got the oh, I know. patio lights going, the string lights that are hanging in the trees. And the colors are just so vibrant. They mimic the colors of the water or of like a pink and purplish sunset yeah. sky. Yeah, they they got their decor dialed in, and then come to find out, they have like a like a Airbnb. Something going on where you can stay there. You can stay upstairs above the tap room. It's uh, I, that is so intrigues me. <laughs> that could be a lot of fun, yeah. or it could be just the worst sleep you ever get, but you won't care because you will have some amazing beer. Yes, you will have a belly full of pretty amazing beer and maybe some empanadas. And speaking of the beer, yes, we should get to the beer tell and us, the deal they have. Tell us about your flight as well. I we, had a we flight. We each had a flight. I had a flight, and you had a flight. Yes. A flight for you and a flight for you. <laughs> yes. And the flight was, what, one, two, three, four, four samplings, and then I had a bonus after that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so the one of the first ones I had was the weed line wheat. The weed line wheat. And it, it comes in at 5.1 ABV and 24... 0.5 IVU. And so not very bitter. Not very bitter. It didn't have a really citrusy nose and the color of it is like a like a golden yellow and the best way I can describe it when you smell it is that it had a wheat scent. Makes sense. Not a citrus scent, but you get some of that citrus lemon flavor on the front end of your sip of your first sip. Medium carbonation. It had a cloudy kind of thing going on when you looked at it in the glass. But not like a cloudy, like a hazy IPA. Just a little cloud. No, just a little bit of cloud. A little bit of cloud. It wasn't perfectly clear. It didn't have, you couldn't see the bubbles. It was a, a medium to mild carbonation. Yeah. And I maybe can liken it to... A weedier flavored blue moon. Okay. Not as much orange or coriander no, type. No, no. Okay. So, and I can see where somebody could have that on a hot day. Oh, yeah. And if you're not a big fan of over-the-top citrus flavors, if you just really, truly appreciate that wheat flavor, that being your kind of beer. I could get behind that on a hot yeah. day. Yeah. What about you, sir? Well, I started with one of their perennial favorites that they have on tap quite a lot, and that's called their Iguana Bait Honey Hibiscus Kolsch. Oh, this is a good one. This one we actually saw on tap in some other establishments down in the Keys. Mm -hmm. This is coming in at 5.1% ABV and only 21 IBU. So again, not very bitter at all. Uh, I describe this as clear, uh, light brown with a slight pinkish hue to it. 
Uh, this has an aroma of honey on the nose when you're first sniffing it. Uh, mild carbonation and a, overall very mild flavor, almost bread-like with a little bit of a floral note from the hibiscus. Um, this is a very light-bodied beer, and I my notes here say that it is a great hot weather beer, and mm. I will I will stand by that because I had it in a couple of other locations down in the Keys while we were there. I do like that one, and I can see why they distribute it or why you can see it in restaurants and bars. Yeah, there's a reason that one's popular. Mm-hmm. So that was what I kicked my uh, my flight off with. So the second one in my flight was a Tampa Bay Brewing Company collaboration with Florida Keys Brewing. Okay. Dragon Fruit Mango Kolsch. Interesting. Yeah. Especially since dragon fruit on its own doesn't taste like uh, much to me. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge dragon fruit fan. So. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of it. And I can't really pin a like a citrus or fruity flavor to it. Okay. You know? So, but mango, I mean, mango is a very distinct flavor. Yes. It's a very distinct flavor. It's It's got the texture of peach, but it it has its own kind of milder. It's very unique. Flavor. Yeah. Yeah. It was 5.4 ABV and there was no uh, IBU listed for it. Okay. So I don't know. And I could, I did some research before we started the show and I couldn't find anything on the bitterness, but I will tell you it did have a bitter finish. Can we talk about the color? The color is almost like a Kool-Aid pink color. When you, when they poured that and you told me which one it was and they brought it over, I thought that was going to be like a fruited beer or a lambic almost. It was that, that, uh, I I thought it would be really, really sweet or I thought it might be really sour. Mm -hmm. We've seen some sours like that. In that color, but it, it really, it had a fruity, kind of a fruity flavor uh, on the nose of it. But it, it wasn't really a, I mean, like, no strong, oh, yes, this is dragon fruit, because dragon fruit is nondescript anyway. To me. To me. Yeah. Uh, maybe it had a little bit of the mango on the nose of it. I think that one had more mango than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the fruit flavor came from. But it was not overly sweet like a dessert beer. Right. And it had a stronger carbonation to it, so okay. that it w- the color was deceptive. Yeah, on that one, yeah. did not taste like what it, I thought it was going to taste. And then it had just a bitter finish, not not hoppy, not so hoppy, but just a just that it's a bitterness, not a sweetness on the finish. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I my second beer in my flight was one of their. Uh, their originals called the Spearfish Amber Ale. Mm. This one uh, was a 5.4% ABV, 30 IBU, so a little, a little more bitter than the iguana bait. This was mm-hmm. a medium amber color, very clear, letting light pass right through it, lightly carbonated, very malt forward, very caramel in its flavor, mm. but it had a little bit of a hoppy, bitter finish. Um, I didn't think that this one was, was really very complex where like you'll get, you know, the, sometimes you'll get like, oh, this is initially giving me the malt, then the caramel, then the hops. Not, it wasn't like that. It was, um, I don't know this, this was 
a if you liked a, a little darker beer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like like if you like an amber and you mm-hmm. just want something really kind of straightforward, mm-hmm. this is the best way I could describe it. This was a very straightforward amber ale. So it wasn't like the soulless from Bury Me. I no, I think kind of. I think soulless has some some different complexity of flavor that that happens and i think it's a little bit heavier than what you had here and that's the other thing this is a lighter bodied beer so i i I think this is an amber for people that are in hot weather nice or you know gonna take the amber out on the boat you know get a growler Mm -hmm. fill get on the boat and go Mm -hmm. um that's what this one struck me as and i'm not saying that in a bad way i mean i really enjoyed this one well and it's named what spearfish spearfish yeah go out on the boat and do some fishing exactly there you go so (laughs) and it's and i'm going to contrast that one in a minute to another one i had in the flight okay so yeah i don't want to give your steal your thunder give it away no stick to your beers I had the Bayside Blonde, Coffee Blonde, 5.8 ABV and 24.5 IBU. So the Bayside Blonde, is a, it's apparently named after some barista that they like mm-hmm. there yeah. at the brewery. So <laughs> it had, and it's not a dark coffee like you would anticipate a porter or a stout or, a stout or anything like that. It's a dark golden color, but it does not look like it would give you coffee flavors. We've had a couple of coffee blondes and co- you know, lighter colored coffee ales in the past that mm-hmm. really shocked us. Yeah. So this was a darker yellow golden color. The coffee flavor, it's just like you're, I don't know, almost like you are having coffee beans in your mouth, Mm -hmm. roasted coffee beans in your mouth. Yeah. It was not sweet. I talked about it not being dark in color. It had a medium carbonation and and a little bit of a carbonation in the aftertaste, carbonated flavor. And but there's no coffee on the nose of it. It's you get that bean flavor mm-hmm. when you drink it. When you drink it, I really liked it. Yeah, uh, you let me have a little taste of that one, and that one was um, I, I would easily do a whole pint of that. It was not bitter like a burnt coffee bean. No, it was not at all bitter no. like that. But I, yeah, I would do it. Well. My next one is in stark contrast to the Spearfish Amber Ale that I just talked about. This is their Hurricane Hole Irish Red, and Ooh. I am a big fan of Irish Reds. I love this one. This was 5.8% ABV, so the alcohol content oh. is starting to climb here, and the, my dog is uh, <laughs> <laughs> chiming in on this one as well. Um, 24.9 IBU. Um, so, again, not super bitter, but this had a dark red color. Um, it was really dark. Good bit darker than the Spearfish Amber. Um, it is, was clear, allowing light through it. It had moderate carbonation. This gave you great flavors of toasted malt and finished with a sweetness that was very different from the hoppy bitterness that Spearfish Amber finished with. Mm. So this one was a winner. And I think that's evidenced by the fact that later on we ended up taking some with us. We did. So you're getting ahead of I know. 
I know. Get ahead. I won't. I won't. Now, this next one uh, I had was the resistant strain double hibiscus Kolsch. What a name. It is a mouthful. And it was uh, 5.3 ABV and 21 IBU. But a dollar of each pint goes to a charity, the Moat Marine Laboratory. And that's an organization that's researching coral disease mm-hmm. and helping to rebuild coral reefs in mm-hmm. here in Florida. Yeah, and they had it in cans in their cooler mm-hmm. also. that you could, But I, I like that it supported a charity. And it was... Pink, in a light pink in color, but it wasn't. It wasn't like that Kool Aid pink, right? You know what I mean. So it was very different than the the ones I was talking about earlier in my flight. Mm -hmm. So this had a honey aroma. So you talked about the iguana bait having that kind of honey, right? Yeah, it was like this. It was tart up front. And then you got the honey flavor. You got the aroma up front, and then you got the honey in the middle, and then you got a malty finish. And no bitterness. I like this one a lot. Yeah, it was good. It was it was good. And I, I remember you having a pint of this, do I recall, at um, some point? Yes, yes, I yes. did. Okay. So, yeah, it, it's good. It's And Kolsch, we're, we're big fans of Kolsch. Of Kolsch type beers because we like the pool ki- the poolside Kolsch from uh, J Dubs. Yep, and it's a great style of beer, especially for the hot weather and in mm-hmm. the summertime. So yeah, this some, is nice. Something to explore if you are not used to Kolsch beers, but you like something lighter and crisper mm-hmm. with without a lot of bitterness. Yeah. But I went a completely, or I should say, and now for something completely different. And now for something completely different. <laughs> I had the Knights Who Say Knee Hazy Guava IPA. And in my flight, this was the highest alcohol content <laughs> beer that I had and probably the most um, strange. This really? one came in at 8% ABV and 70 IPU or IBU, excuse me. So very bitter. Good bit of bitterness in this one. Mm. Uh, this had a dark, hazy gold color. So kind of weird there. Um, piney nose, which gave me pause at first, especially when I'm expecting a, something guava. Uh, medium to heavy body. This, uh, in my notes here, this is a substantial beer. Is what I that wrote. comes from the guava? I, I don't know if it's coming from the guava or just the fact that, you know, this thing's pretty heavily hopped and oh, you, yeah. you're getting um, a higher alcohol content with a heavily hopped beer. At the beginning of this beer, it's very sweet at the front and across the palate. Mm. The fruitiness kind of lingers and then it's not as bitter as you would think. It's just really? a mild, hoppy bitterness at the end, I thought. So for me, as far as IPAs go, this one was a winner. Yeah. Is there a significance to this name? The Knights Who Say Knee is a uh, reference to uh, Monty Python, hence my me saying now for something completely different. Yes. So um, these guys, you know, some of their naming conventions here at the brewery are just you know, very unique and I can appreciate their sense of humor. Yes. Yes. It was, and you with the IPA, look at you. I know. 
Look at you. So, I mean, I couldn't be outdone, really. So, and their naming conventions uniquely continue. Yes. I had the Smelly Butt IPA. And apparently that refers to when you are buying pineapple, Mm -hmm. how you check on the freshness of a pineapple is to smell the butt the butt <laughs> who knew who knew i didn't know i just yeah you learn something new every day and that's where the name comes from it's an ipa yes i did it i'm trying to expand my palate ever more mm-hmm. 7.4 abv 67.4 ibu uh, that should be pretty yeah, bitter. Pretty bitter. Yeah, it was at the bitterness was on the finish, and it, it was a caramely color, right there, and really, the pineapple flavor was slight and upfront, and I, I these were not piney hops as I recall. Okay. So I mean, the pineapple is ever so slight. It wasn't like a sweet type flavor. So more of an aroma of pineapple and mm-hmm. less of a, of a sweet flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. You had a couple that were just really deceptive. You would think they're going to be like fruited beers or, or but, they but they turn out not being not so much. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's surprising as you go through different flights and you experience different flavors. I think in some ways it actually is better because it would be very easy to just add a bunch of fruit puree to a beer and call it a day. These guys are getting a little bit of the essence and not going easy. I think it's creative or deft to, to be able to not heavy handed in that way i agree yeah and you know i mean I, that was my flight but really i know you have, I what, have one, what, more. one more yeah i have one more my final beer was called their belgian iguana and that is a weird one to hear but this is their uh iguana oh. bait kolsch that they add belgian yeast to um, I'm a fan of Kolsch's. I'm yes. a fan of Belgians. So this only made sense. And <laughs> what this yielded was a beer that had a very light golden color, um, coming in only at 5.1% ABV and only 20.4 IBU. Lower on the bitterness scale. Very light body, mildly carbonated, very crisp with hints of banana and clove with a bit of a bready kind of undertone. Super pleasant. If you are a fan of Belgians, like, I don't know, Hogarden, uh-huh. uh, you'll hear me invoke that one a lot because I think that's a great entry into the realm of Belgian mm-hmm. Belgian style beers. Then this one would be for you uh, to check out and uh, very, very drinkable. Hey, here's my question about it. You know how we did the category review? Yes. And how we had the launch of the Category 5 this past weekend. Yes. Which one in the categories would it be most like? Closest to Category 1, but lighter in body. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and when you drink your way through the, the Category series, you remember that by the time you get to number 5, number 1, you can barely remember how you got there. But... <laughs> 
the the body of those beers goes up considerably. This mm. starts out at a very light body. I mean, okay. it, it, it's like a poolside Kolsch with just hints of that uh, banana and clove would be the nice. best way I could describe that. Nice. So you uh, yeah. you just get kind of a, a hint. It just wafts the the uh, those flavors at you. Yeah. But you went off the reservation. You didn't even have a beer for your next one. Well, yeah, okay. Because listen, we we had we 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 both had flights. Yes. And it was all part of the best deal ever. Yes. Yeah, so we're gonna tell everybody about the deal that we discovered there. Yeah. Because then that'll lead into the the bonus that you had here. Yeah, it's one of the best deals that I've seen. Anywhere. When when you're going there, they have several different um, merchandise packages where you can get a combination of merchandise, you can get a combination of beers, mm-hmm. and they're varying price points. But there's one that's kind of like the the Mac Daddy package mm. that you look at it initially, you go, "Ooh, that's kind of pricey," but when you break it down, it really isn't. And what we're talking about is the deal that we we got not once. But now twice. Oh yeah, and this is a <laughs> merchandise package that they offer, which is two flights, two flights, which we have just described to you here, and then two pints, two individual pints, two individual pints. Then they have these fantastic growlers, these stainless steel double walled growlers made by Drink Tanks. Yes. Then they offer you a sixty-four ounce growler, which the growler by itself is $75 retail. Yeah. And that's looking on like Amazon. I mean, that's looking for a deal and they fill the growler. Yeah. For $110. Yeah. So two flights, Mm -hmm. two pints, Mm -hmm. a, a growler that retails for 70 some odd dollars. And it's filled. Yeah. With delicious beer. Like we got, hurricane hole in that growler to take home that was my irish red yep so because it was fantastic if you were heading down to the keys and you're looking for a really nice piece of merchandise Mm -hmm. a package of merchandise to get can't recommend this one highly enough because these drink tank um growlers we we've had one from couple of trips ago when we, mm-hmm. we bought it on the way down there yeah. and we've tried it we've carried it around we've beaten it up we've mm-hmm. thrown it in the back of the car yeah. it's rolled around back there never a spill never a leak um, and they are not a paid sponsor this is no. just a cool stuff found no yeah from us totally and drink tanks Awesome. And when we take that growler into a brewery, they always comment about how cool of a growler this thing is. Yeah. And if you don't want a 64 ounce growler, they do have 32 ounce there at the Florida Keys Brewing. Mm-hmm. They also have other packages like where couple you of shirts and maybe a and pint a glasses. Right. Yeah. So if you're not wanting to be totally invested in the huge drink tanks, but I think you could fill those up with, you could fill that up with water. With ice water and just have it with coffee. you. Coffee. Because it keeps everything so cold. Yeah, the double-walled construction is perfect for keeping hot things hot and cold things cold. Love it. Works great for beer, though. And yeah. that's what we ended up getting this go-round. Yeah. So. so you had to have a pint, and I had to have a pint to make that deal happen. Yeah. And I asked I went with the I went with the, um, with the iguana bait. Yes, which was excellent. I really yes. like that because of the honey flavor. 
And I also like the honey flavor in the Keys Mead that I had. Now, so was that a guest tap? That was. Okay. Yes. And it had honey, local honey out of Key Largo. And Keys Meads, they they have their own website. They have their own location. But this, and I liked how they had a little branded glass that they served the keys me in yeah they did a nice job the you for you had to forego an entire pint you got yeah. a five ounce pour uh-huh. of the keys mead and yes. they had the branded little snifter tulip well, busking t- cups i'm sorry busking, busking, busking glasses yeah uh for that so um this was it was small but mighty it, it was it packed a punch at 13 percent abv But the honey flavor was so incredible. I will say I had a little sip of that or two and it was outstanding. I mean, that is a perfect dessert Mm -hmm. mead. Yeah. And we stayed there. We were there for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. We took our time. We had, I think we ate our way through their um, empanada menu. We did. And uh, lots of water, lots of water and, and time and just a fantastic little after dinner mm-hmm. or after lunch kind of thing for you. Yeah, it, it could also complement the key lime pie they have very well. I'm sure it could. I'm sure it could, although we didn't have the key lime pie. Not I can just time. think because this is sweet, but it's not overly sweet. Gotcha. Well done. Well done indeed. Yeah. Well, I'm hearing our pooch barking at us in the other room. So that tells me that she's telling us to hurry up and get off the mic. So what do we got coming up? They need attention. Our pooches need attention. So yes, next week we will be heading to Disney in the last of our three summer run Disney virtual 5k celebrating 80 years of Marvel where we'll earn the Black Panther medal. It looks so good. I can't wait to see that thing out of the wrapper. the bonus 80 years of Marvel medal that we will display in live videos. That too. From Disney. So we're we're currently planning that. And we still want to know where. Where should we run? But also, where should we eat and drink there at Disney? Yeah, the only planning we've done is that we're going to be arriving in Orlando and staying on the Disney property in that general area. So we can go anywhere. And what we're looking for you guys to tell us is, is there a place that you have run yourself that you think is awesome that we should check out? Mm -hmm. Or is there a place that you are curious about Mm -hmm. and you'd like us to do some advanced scouting for you? And we also... Put us to work. Yeah. We will also take suggestions of great places that you have eaten and had tasty beverages Mm -hmm. or ones you want us to explore for you. Absolutely. So... Put us to work. Info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net to drop us an email or attach a little voice memo so we can play it. Or just give us a call at 941-677-2733. That's 941-677-2733. Leave us a voicemail. Try to keep it to about a minute. Tell us your Mm. name and where you're calling from, and we would love to have you on the podcast giving us a recommendation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll be back to recap that next week. And stay tuned this week for all the rest of our quick bites from Key West and even a primer for Disney. 
and maybe a little video snippet from Big, Big Storm, Storm Brewing. Yeah. So lots of good stuff coming up this week. In the meantime, I'm Amy. And I'm Dana. Have a fantastic week, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.